From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, here in the greater metropolitan Nashville area in Middle Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. And we're excited today. Friday's here, the weekend's coming, and we're looking forward to being in church on Sunday, and I trust that you will make plans to do the same. Today we're going to do part five of this message that I've been giving you this week entitled, There is a Difference. And we're going to be looking at a few additional things in just a moment that I think will be a help to you, an encouragement to you, and will edify and strengthen you in your Christian walk. Now, let me just remind you that with the weekend coming, I'm scheduled to be at the Harvest Baptist Tabernacle in Jonesboro, Georgia, Sunday morning only. That's this coming Sunday, two days from now, at Harvest Baptist Tabernacle, Jonesboro, Georgia. I'll be there on Sunday morning only and look forward to seeing many of our friends in the South Atlanta area, right down I-75, just a few minutes from downtown Atlanta in Jonesboro, and we will look forward to being there and trust that you'll join us as well. Now, let's look again at the text around which we have built this series of messages. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. So we have three stages of development here. What we are now, once we're born again, once we're in the family of God, is something different from what we were when we were lost, when we were without Christ. And looking forward into the future, what we will have in heaven, what we will be ultimately, is different from what we are now. There's just a distinctive difference to be made between the past, unsaved, where we are on this earth now and saved, and because we are saved, getting to go to heaven ultimately, that too, we are excited to report, will be different. Now, a lot of folks today are just locked in to trying to so homogenize everything so that everything, everybody will be exactly the same, and they just cannot make allowances for differences at all. And obviously, they're setting themselves up for a lot of unhappiness because they're denying reality, they're denying truth, they're denying that uh, things are not all the same. And we have to deal with that. We have to come to grips with reality. And honestly, folks, there's nothing that will so help us to cope with the realities of time and the realities of eternity as getting to know the truth of God. So what we've said to you here all week long is there's a difference between God and the gods that men make. There's a difference between Christ and all of the other people that have a microphone, whatever it is. I mean, Christ is the Savior. All others are mere men. And there's a difference between the Bible and all of the books. 
God's Word is, in fact, what the Bible is. And uh, when men write things, it always has to be edited. It has to be tinkered with. But God's Word is perfect from the get-go. So we have something very special in the Bible that will guide us all along the way. And I've told you, that makes a difference so that we can figure out the difference between godly and ungodly, truth and error, principled and unprincipled, wise and foolish, separated and unseparated, loving and hateful. And then I want to give you three more items here today that will be, in fact, a difference. And it's a difference that we ought to determine. We ought to distinguish these differences. And first today, let me just say, there's a difference between standing and not standing. You know, a lot of folks have figured out what right is. They've got figured out what truth is. But when it comes to standing up for it, they wilt in cowardice. They literally wimp out and they do not take a stand, even though they know what the right stand is. Now, here's the passage around which we can build. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and following, it says, Finally, my brethren, and remember, when it says brethren, talking about folks that are in the family of God, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In other words, we need the Holy Spirit's power. We need God's anointing on our life. And this is what he tells us to do. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore Verse 14 says, so what we're looking at here today in this passage is simply this. It's important for us to get fully equipped. And where do we get that? We're going to get that because we've dug into the Bible. God will help us so that we'll know how to conduct ourselves. And that means when the devil comes at us with one of his tricks, one of his schemes, one of his strategies, we'll be able to ascertain that. We'll be able to see that that's coming from him and not from the Lord. And the Bible says here, if we'll get fully equipped, then we will be able to stand against the devil. That means there is a difference. The devil's one thing, God is another. And uh, whenever the devil comes at us, we need to stand up to him. Now, remember, the Bible says in another place, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, sometimes we think, and I've heard people make such a to-do about it, you'd think that the devil is totally invincible. But what God tells us is we have the strength through him to be able to deal with the devil. And he just says, resist. That means put up a fight. Don't let the devil lead you by the nose down the trail where you don't need to go. But instead, resist him. Put up the necessary fight. And when you do, the devil will be the one wimping out. He'll be the one that'll be saying, well, I think I better go on down the road. And he will. The Bible tells us he will flee from you. And we need to understand, though, we're not dealing here with someone who doesn't have the power. I mean, the devil has the wherewithal to make life miserable for us. And we need to understand that. But God's power working through us is greater than the devil's power. Again, remember, there's a place in the Bible that says, greater is he that is in you, talking about the Spirit of God, than he that is in the world, talking about the devil. So he tells us here to take the whole armor of God so that we can stand 
and withstand. That is, whatever pressure comes, however often it comes, we'll just stand and keep standing. That's withstanding. And then he says, and having done all. I mean, that means when you're a teenager, you're a young adult, you're a senior adult, when you have done everything that there is to be done and you come down to the end of your life, he said, having done all, just keep standing. And dear friends, if you and I stand, there's certainly benefit that comes from that. And if we do not stand, then the devil gets his way. There is a big difference between standing and not standing. And in these days, listen, we need God's people to be standing up all across the land. We literally need a bunch of folks on their feet doing the business that God would have them to do. Now, let's look at a second thing here. There is a difference between vision and blindness. And I refer you here to Matthew 13, where the disciples asked the Lord, why are you talking to this crowd and using parables to do so? And Jesus basically said, they've got eyes to see, but they're not really seeing. They've got ears to hear, but they're not really hearing. What's he saying? Well, he's saying that they're spiritually blind and spiritually unable to hear, spiritually deaf. Now, what we're looking at here is, he says, this people's heart is waxed gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they've closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and be converted But he says, listen to this, verse 16, but he says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. I say unto you, many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them. So he's saying to us in this passage, seeing and really seeing is vastly important. A lot of folks have just got their eyes closed, or they've gotten something in their eyes, and their eyes are blinded so that they cannot see. And I'm telling you, humanism is blinding. Secularism is blinding. Atheism is blinding. It really blinds you to all of the realities that you need to grasp in your life. It blinds you about things here in time, and it blinds you about things that are related to eternity. There is a huge difference between having vision and seeing the things that the Lord wants you to see, and at the same time, Glancing over here, we see people that are just, I mean, it's like their eyes are sewn shut. They're blinded to the truth. They're blinded to right. They're blinded to the realities of God. And the result of that is not good. If a person is blind, they're always stumbling around trying to find their way because they cannot see. And they get hurt a lot simply because they're blind. It just, I mean, it's one of the most remarkable things that we have physical sight And it's one of the most remarkable things that you can imagine when you have spiritual sight as well. A lot of folks, I've heard it over and over again. You talk about things that are sin. You talk about things that are wrong. You talk about things that people ought never to do. And I've had people say to me, I just can't see it. I just can't see it. Well, I understand why they can't see it. You got to get your eyes open and you've got to get spiritual eyesight if you're going to see the realities of this. A lot of people think they can drink or they can do all kinds of drugs. I mean, just get into anything and everything. They can be immoral. And it's just like, hey, it's what I want to do. So if I want to do it, it's okay to do it. No, it's not okay. Because whenever we get into those things, it's like we're walking blindly. And the Lord says to us, we need eyes that really see. We need to have eyesight that will show us what we need to see, and we'll step in a lot less potholes. We'll have a lot less hurt if we have spiritual eyesight. Now, one more thing. There's a difference between happy and unhappy. And very frankly, 
There's a lot of unhappy people in our world. And some folks, even who are professing Christians, seem to be just uh, day by day. They cannot get themselves focused to be a happy person. I'm telling you, I see people just right along. I don't think they're happy unless they're unhappy. They seemingly have to have something going wrong, something not right in their life, something they can complain about, something they can fuss about. And so they fuss about this and that and whatever, and they are all time fussing with people that are around them. And uh, then they wonder why they don't have friends. Well, folks, I'm telling you, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Bible tells us that. The Bible also tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc. That simply means when you get the joy of the Lord down deep inside of you, and then the outside of you will reflect happiness. I know happiness is circumstantial, and there is a difference between joy and happiness. There's things that happen outside of us. I mean, in our environment, there are things happen. In our circumstances, there are things happen that we're not happy about. But in the midst of it all, you can have the joy of the Lord down deep inside of you. And I probably should have worded this this way. There's a difference between joy and not having joy, or even between joy and happiness. There is a difference. And whenever you and I have the joy of the Lord deep inside of us, then the happiness can be expressed to other people and with other people. We can have a happy existence and a happy atmosphere around us if we have the joy of the Lord working in our life. So when we look at this passage here in 1 John chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3, let me just remind you what we used to be is different from what we are now, that we're in Christ. And what we will be when we get to heaven is even greater, it's even better than what we are now in the Lord. So we need to know, yes, there is a difference, and difference, it is the difference that makes a difference. And you and I need to grasp hold of the good things God's taught us and work with that, live by that, and just let every single day be a day of difference. Well, it's been a joy to be with you again today and all week long. Write me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Dr. Shelton Smith, P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, I hope you have a great weekend. Go to church on Sunday. We'll be back here Monday, Lord willing. God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and a great weekend. Goodbye for now.